Cool. So good morning, everyone. Uh, it's been a, I don't know about you, I just found this morning really encouraging. Like just, uh, Neil, excellent choice of songs. I just found them really uplifting, really easy to engage with. And just, yeah, just hearing what God's been doing and actually just watching that video as well by Mike Betts. That was, that was, yeah, really encouraging. It feels like it, like what, yeah, like what Mike was just saying, it really seems to fit um, with what, what we're going to share, share this morning. Really bizarrely, actually, uh, this morning, Mike, myself and Ian were testing a few bits before the meeting started. So I had to nip off uh, for a moment. And when I came back, they were obviously testing the video for Mike Betts. But I, I, that didn't twig. And so I was suddenly like, why is Mike Betts in our meeting? And then I suddenly realised, oh, actually, it's just a video playing. So I thought we had a special guest today. <laughs> but yeah, so as Mike said, uh, I'm not just introducing our new preaching series. But actually, I'm introducing our month of prayer. So as a leadership team, we felt stirred about prayer. We feel God has been speaking to us about it. And just very quickly share a little bit about our journey there, actually. We felt that God was calling us to, to grow in corporate prayer, develop the prayer culture across the church. And so there's several ways we could do that. We already had been thinking a bit about um, doing a week of prayer and where to fit that in, etc. We were thinking about the idea of doing a series on prayer, but it just didn't seem to quite fit um, together as to actually proactively building this culture of prayer. And then actually we came across something at Beacon Church for doing. Uh, and actually we've kind of adopted that for ourselves this morning uh, and for what for this month of prayer, because actually it really feels like it, it was it was hitting the spot of what God was saying as doing something where we can actually be praying as a church together, uh, but also in a strategic way to help us grow and develop in our prayer culture. So from next Sunday, the 28th of March, that's going to be the kickoff to, so it's just before April even, and it's going to be going all the way through April. It's going to be the start of our uh, month of prayer. And so every Sunday, there'll be a teaching and there'll be a theme for the week. Okay, so the teaching will line up with that and it will help us and equip us in our praying for the week uh, and then it'll just be an encouragement it won't be putting lots of extra different meetings in um, but it'll just be an encouragement during the week to, to engage with us find time daily maybe even get a time on your phone or something might be helpful I think it's really important sometimes that we plan these things in otherwise we can just time will just get the better of us but actually plan times where you can pray into the theme for the week and I'm sure during our prayer times during the growth groups as well we can actually find time to be praying into to the theme for the week um but also we're going to have a day of fasting each week as well uh, I'm sure if I was at church right now I'd probably hear shudders across the room as I said the word fasting uh, and uh, I'm going to explain a bit more about that later on in terms of okay, how, that, how that's going to work and what we're looking to do. But I just think first, actually, it'd be really helpful if I just open the Bible up to us a bit and look at actually what the Bible says about fasting, just to lay a bit of a foundation. So it's not something we've really talked about recently. Um, and in fact, in many ways, it in many, if you look at fasting online, on the internet, in many, it seems to be that it's a, a lost discipline in the Western church. So don't get me wrong. I know people do it. I know people in our church do it and, and are faithful with it, but actually it's something that it's very easy to not engage with, or at least to forget. Um, but so prayer and fasting, they go together. They seem to be natural rhythms within the uh, early church, in the Bible, in the New Testament. And I just, as I say, it feels like 
God is stirring our heart towards towards fasting again and the importance of it. So we want a, a culture which is saturated with prayer, with culture, corporate prayer, but where fasting is also commonplace. So it's not saying we'll be doing it every week. It's not saying even necessarily every month, but actually it's something that I just feel like God wants it to be on our radar and something that we are proactively engaging with. So firstly, why, why fasting? Well, let, let's quickly touch on, on prayer with that actually. The, the call to prayer, I think, seems a bit more obvious in some respects than the call to fasting, doesn't it? When you think about prayer, it's a way of communion with God. It's a two-way thing. Often we grow in relationship with people um, by talking to them, don't we? By spending time with them. We see in the Bible, actually, one of the primary ways that we see the kingdom of God coming or that helps in coming is through prayer, isn't it? We're told to, to pray that God's kingdom will come. So that seems quite obvious, but but fasting, why, why fasting? Well, firstly, it's biblical, okay? So we see it throughout all the scripture, in the Old Testament, even at least once a year, the whole nation of Israel were called to fast. Uh, and we see it actually throughout scriptures. You, you read the Bible for different reasons, different times um, people would fast. And then in the New Testament, actually Jesus teaches into fasting. He says in Matthew 6, it's quite a famous passage and he teaches us about the Lord's Prayer. But in it, he says, when you give to the poor, when you pray, when you fast each of those things can actually be quite challenging i think each of those things we can easily do with a wrong heart uh, and so actually in that passage which you see if we were to unpack it that jesus is addressing the heart issues there he's saying that kingdom life giving to the poor is important in kingdom life and um, praying is really important in kingdom life fasting is important but actually it, they, each of these things need to be done from the right heart Fasting is hard. It's not easy. Yet it's something that God has given us that is actually good for us. Even if we were to take the Christian element out of it and just look at fasting, I'm sure many of you are aware that a lot of the fad diets these days are actually based around intermittent fasting or fasting or things like that. There are studies done that show that fasting can actually, as long as it's not done for too long and done in a can actually be really good for us. It can actually detox our bodies. So actually God isn't calling us to do something that's bad for us. It might be hard, it might feel challenging, but it's not bad for us. Uh, and fasting isn't like a slot machine either. So it's not like by fasting, we're, we're twisting God's arm and forcing him to, to do something for us. It's not like we, we gain his attention by doing it. Like actually, as God's children, we already have his undivided attention. He, he already loves us as much as he ever will love us, which is with this great, wide, amazing love. But it's, think, think of fasting more like an expression. It's like a longing. It's saying, God, God, we're longing for you to move. We recognise that our need for you is above our need for anything else. Is saying, God, you are the answer. Anything that you are calling us to do, we, we can't do in our own strength, actually. We, we need you. And by God's grace and his mercy and his love, when we fast, though, he, he often responds to it and works through it. Like with our prayer life, we don't, we're not earning anything by praying, are we? But actually, by God's grace, God responds to our prayers and moves. 
So there's three aspects that I just want to touch on that we see in the Bible to do with fasting. Firstly, fasting humbles us. When Ezra, and I'm not talking about my son here, I'm talking about uh, Ezra in the Bible in, in chapter eight, when he's returning with some exiles back to, to Babylon with some Jewish exiles, um, he calls a fast, he declares a fast. It says this, it says, then I proclaimed the fast there at the river Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God. So humble ourselves for our God, to seek him for a safe journey for ourselves, our children and all our goods. So we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened. So when we fast from food, when we go without this basic need, we, we, what we're saying is, God, we're seeking you above all else. We're saying no to something in order to, to be disciplined, in order to say, God, actually, we, we recognise you are what we need above everything else. And this is humbling. Actually, the Bible says that if we humble ourselves, God will exalt us. Um, and there's a passage that I'll probably mention later on in uh, Luke 18, where actually there's a Pharisee that fasts twice a week. Uh, and he, in his praying in the temple, he's like, God, I'm not like all these other sinners. Look at me. Looks like I'm mentioning the passage now. Uh, <laughs> look at me. I'm, uh, I'm holy. I do this. I do that. I pray. And yet then there's this sinner, this tax collector that comes along uh to the temple stays far away from god like from the altar just hands his head low doesn't even look up beats his breast and say woe am i god for i am a sinner and jesus says it's that so that's the one that's justified so it's not like fasting in of itself attains something but there's it's the heart attitude in it okay the heart is important we see Jesus, actually, when he was starting his public ministry, just after he'd been baptised uh, and the Holy Spirit had fallen upon him, it says he was led full of the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. He fasted 40 days. And then it says he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So there's, there seems to be this connection, actually, between fasting and, and God moving and, and God's power. And actually, just something that I really want to briefly touch on as well is in saying no to something, actually, this, this disciplines us, it teaches us, it equips us to, to actually say no to other things in life as well. So actually by saying no to food is actually a good discipline for us because it actually, when other things come along that we need to say no to, it's already started training ourselves to say no. So fasting humbles us, shows our longing and reliance upon God. Number two, it makes us more spiritually aware, makes us more spiritually sensitive. So as we focus less on worldly things, as we focus less on food, as we focus less on wine, as we focus less on maybe our phones or focus less on our culture and things around us that are telling us they're important and focus more on things that are above. So we see that a lot actually, don't we, in Paul's epistles. Don't focus on the things that are well, but focus on the things that are above where Christ is seated. So we pray, we read the Bible, we set our mind on spiritual things. This helps us be more spiritually aware. It makes logical sense, doesn't it? Uh, if you turn to Acts 13, it would say when the church in Antioch um, were meeting together, 
and they were worshipping and they were fasting. It says this. So while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So there's this. They're just they're just fasting and worshipping together. They, obviously, they see fasting is so important. They're doing that together anyway. And then God speaks into a situation. So this corporate fasting, God speaks revelation into that. So there's there's this awareness, there's this openness to God speaking and making time for God to speak. But more than that, they didn't go off and fast again and then pray again and then lay hands and send them out. Like they they, they see this this need. And actually, if you were to look, I think it's in the next chapter in Acts, when um, Paul goes back through his missionary journey, putting elders in the churches that are now being established, they do it with fasting and prayer. So Jesus starts his ministry with fasting. When they're establishing elders in churches, it's with fasting. During times of worship at times, they're fasting. Okay, there's, there's this rhythm. There's this rhythm in the, natural, in the New Testament church where fasting is a part of it. And they obviously see it with great importance. It makes sense, doesn't it? Because God is spirit. And the things of God are spiritually discerned. So as we're saying no to natural things. And focusing more on him and on the things of the spirit. It makes sense that we'd be more spiritually aware, more spiritually tuned in. My third point. So the Bible says that fasting affects the spiritual realm. I have to admit, actually, when I first started looking at this point and playing with it, it was a bit of a like, oh, I have to be careful here. It's it's all a bit um, so, so. I don't know. I think when we talk about things like the spiritual realm, it can be a bit foreign to us sometimes. We don't talk about it much in church. Uh, and I think we can put up defences, if that makes sense, and be like, oh, it's going a bit weird now. I just, I just want to say, actually, no, no, we're not going to go a bit weird this morning. We're, we're looking at scripture. It's going to be well-grounded. But also, and I'll come back to this, we don't make too big a thing out of it either. The Bible mentions it, it talks about it, but it doesn't go on about it. It's not all about it. It's not the focus, okay? So it's important that we're aware of this, that we engage with it, but it's not the thing. So in the book of Daniel, we see um, Daniel fasts. And so far, the fast we've talked about really, from what we can tell in the Bible, seems to be from food, um, primarily. So um, probably wine, it probably was just drinking water. Um, But Daniel's fast here was a bit different. So he fasted from wine from meat and from delicacies, but actually he was still eating vegetables and probably things that like clear liquids, like having fruit juices and things like that. But he decided to, to seek God for something. He wanted to understand it on the situation, so he fasted. And this is based, I'm taking this from Daniel chapter 10. We won't have time to read the passage now. Um, but he's praying and seeking God. Three weeks into this fast, a powerful being reveals himself to Daniel. Everyone who was with Daniel, Daniel wasn't alone. There were others with Daniel at this moment. They all fled and ran, ran away and they hid, okay? So there's something so other, so majestic, so powerful about this being that actually it was, it was scary. If you look at Daniel, Daniel ends up, I think, on the floor with no energy and no strength. There is something going on here. Um, we don't know if this was a pre-incarnate vision of Christ. We don't know if it was an archangel coming. 
But um, what we do know is that this powerful being says to Daniel, from the moment that you humbled yourself in fasting and prayer and seeking me, I started coming to you. And then it says that after 21 days, Michael, I, uh, so as I was, sorry, as I was coming to you, this, the, uh, this evil angel, this demon, this principality associated with the Persian empire resisted me for 21 days until Michael, one of our chief angels, an archangel, came and helped me that I could come to you, complete my journey and bring understanding. Did Daniel know anything about what was going on in these first 21 days whilst he's fasting? The Bible doesn't say so. I, in my mind, I think it probably, it probably didn't actually. He, did, he didn't, know, didn't know what was going on, I'd say. But it says from the moment he started. So there, there is this spiritual realm. We're clear, we know that the Bible says there is this spiritual realm, this place where there are angels, there are demons that operate. Uh, and actually there was this battle going on and it, this battle seems to be tying in and it is tying in with Daniel's fasting and praying, okay? So actually through fasting and praying, the spiritual realm is being affected. God's kingdom is coming and is fighting and is, is trying to break through wrestling with the enemy. So we may not know what is going on whilst we fast, but God loves our hearts and he responds in grace. I came across something that Steph Liston was saying. I found it very, very helpful. The issues in our town and our nation are not primarily social, political or psychological. Although all these things count and they do matter, the primary issue is a spiritual one. And if we want to see our town change, our nation changed, the root that really needs dealing with is the spiritual issues. Ephesians 6, verse 12, just help us ground us a little bit. says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly, in heavenly places. So actually here, Paul is saying in the book of Ephesians that our primary battle is not against flesh and blood. Okay, it is in the spiritual places. It is in the spiritual realm. So fasting is a tool that God has given us and it affects the spiritual realm. The Bible gives clear example of angelic activity in, re in relation to prayer and fasting. We see it in terms of Jesus' life and also in the lives of the disciples. Angels and demons do exist, okay? In the spiritual realm, there is battles that take place. But as I said earlier, we're to be sober about this. We're not to be consumed by this. Our focus doesn't become on... Are there demons everywhere? Are we looking under every stone to see demons? Are demons behind everything? No, no, they're not. Okay, yeah, that's, that's they're not behind everything. Um, now our angels at work, but they're not to be our focus. Okay, our focus is to be Christ. Our focus is to seek Him and to seek His kingdom coming. That's where our focus is. The Bible talks about these things, but only a really small amount in the proportion of the whole Bible, okay? God wants us to be aware of this. It's important that we're aware of this, but 
let's not let that be our focus, okay? But let's just have an understanding. Actually, there is a spiritual realm. There is battle that takes place there. But actually, through prayer and fasting, that helps God's kingdom come. In Mark 9, Jesus even says to his disciples, when so Jesus is where the Mount, uh, yeah, the transfiguration happened on the Mount, and Jesus with a couple of his disciples, the rest were down at the bottom of the mountain, and they tried to cast out a demon, and they couldn't do it. And when Jesus comes back down and they ask Jesus about it, Jesus says, you have little faith. He cast the demon out. But then afterwards, his disciples come to him and say, why couldn't we cast the demon out? So that means to me there is more than just a faith issue because they, they weren't satisfied with just that answer. So they come and say, why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus says, because it, because it was to do prayer and fasting. Now, not every version of the Bible has the word fasting in there, but lots of the early trusted manuscripts do have it okay so i think we can take it actually our, our bible wherever mine is it's right here next to me is actually we, we pulled that together from manuscripts that are brought together okay and a lot of them do have fasting in it so i think there's something we can learn there from the life of jesus can't we because jesus was fully god but he was also fully human and he was the, his ministry we see he was doing it in the power of the holy spirit as we're called to do our ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he said, well, this can only come out by prayer and fasting. And he did it there and then. It's saying something about Jesus's life. Jesus had a life of prayer, but he also fasted. He didn't say, right, guys, we need to go away and fast for the next 24 hours and pray together. And then we can cast the demon out. No, he could do it there and then. OK, so there is something about this being in the rhythm of a life. OK. I can't tell you what happens exactly every time we fast. I can't. There's, there's nothing biblically to quantify it with. But as I say, these are just things in the Bible that, that I see that are truths where, where that we, we see happen. But by God's grace, he works. So fasting humbles us. It makes us more spiritually aware and it affects the spiritual realm, helping bring in God's kingdom in this world. So I haven't got any more time than that really to, to unpack what the Bible talks about fasting uh, and to look at the clear spiritual rhythms of, of prayer and fasting in the Bible and the New Testament church and the life of Jesus. But, but I think it's something God's calling us, calling us to. I think it's something that I hope, hopefully from what I've shared this morning, you can, can all see actually it's important. It's, it's not if we fast, it's, it's when we fast. Actually, it's something that, that was in Jesus's life and it was in the Old Testament and it was in the life of the new church. Uh, many, many, many of uh, when God's moved things, times where God's moved powerfully, haven't just been actually times of corporate prayer, but have actually been times of corporate prayer, prayer and fasting together. So I'm just going to come back now to, to talking about our month of prayer specifically. So if I, as I said, we're going to have a weekly theme, a weekly focus. And on the Sunday, we'll teach into that. And then later on in the week, we will have um, uh, a day where we set aside for fasting. And we just encourage people to, to be engaging with that theme during the week, to be praying into that theme during the week. So I say planning ahead might be useful, maybe having a timer set on your phone for a certain time every day or something like that. Um, but, but we feel God is calling us to this. But actually, God requires us to respond. 
God doesn't just do it in his sovereignty. He won't just do this in his sovereignty. He's calling us to respond to him. It's possible, I think, to miss out on the purposes of God for us, like the Israelites did. They ended up in the desert for 40 years. Only two people from that original generation, Joshua and Caleb, went through into the promised land because they were the men of faith. They were the men. They didn't hear um, about the giants in the land and were thrown and, and too scared to do it, but they knew God was sovereign and God was in control. So in terms of fasting, we're going to actually alternate this between two different kinds of fast. Um, and hopefully it'll be easy to remember. There'll be a no screen Saturday, so S for screen, S for Saturday, and there'll be a no food Friday, so F for food and F for Friday. Um, to be honest, I don't know which one people would find harder to do. <laughs> uh, some of us are quite attached to our phones. Um, so, for example, I won't go through the whole um, the whole month now, but just to give you an example of what, what it's going to look like, uh, we will send down. Don't worry about copying down the dates and everything. We'll send this out. But week one, so starting the twenty eighth of March, Sunday the twenty eighth. We were going to be looking at church and family for that week. That would be the theme. That would be what we teach into. And then the Saturday after that, Saturday, the 3rd of April, will be a no screen Saturday. And as I say, we just encourage people to, 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 to participate in this. Um, then week two will start on Sunday, the 4th of April. That's Easter Sunday. We're going to have a theme of Thanksgiving and presence for that week, the presence of God. Um, and that fast is going to be on a Friday. That'd be Friday the 9th of April, and that'd be a no food Friday. Then the third week will be Sunday the 11th of April. We're going to be have a focus of praying for our nation that week. Uh, and that'll be a no screen Saturday on the 17th. So as you can see, we're just going to alternate, okay? So week one, this is where I get confused and say it all around. Week one will be a no screen Saturday. Week two will be no food Friday. Week three will be no screens. Saturday week four will be no food Friday. So don't worry, we'll put out updates and keep you updated with that. When I rehearsed my uh, rehearsed this earlier, I said that all wrong so many times. Um, right. So if you are able to join us, it'd be great if you can join in with these, these days of fasting and also these, this theme of prayer. There are no hard and fast rules, okay? So um, this isn't to be a legalistic thing. I think planning ahead is really helpful. Knowing how you're going to engage with this beforehand is really helpful. I think on the day, just suddenly being like, actually, I will fast today. And then when you're hungry by midday, you're probably quite likely to be like, actually, yeah, I'm going to eat. Okay, I think it's, it's important and helpful to plan ahead. Um, some people might choose to go from midnight to midnight on the Friday, uh, fast all day. Some people might choose to go from like 8 p.m. on the Thursday evening to 8 p.m. on the Friday evening. Um, it doesn't matter what, what, whatever you choose to do. If you're new to fasting, you've never even done it before, um, you might even just choose to fast one meal or fast two meals. Okay, the, the, the important thing here is your heart. Okay, like I think God is talking to us about um, fasting. I've got my children banging at the window trying to make me let them in the house, but it's all right. I'm sure Alex will do that. Not that they're outside on their own, Alex is outside with them. Um, but yeah, so our hearts matter, okay? Our hearts, how we engage with this matters. So plan ahead and be wise. If you have certain medical conditions, 
you may not be able to, to participate, okay? You might be able to do fast from certain things maybe, or you, you might not be able to fast from food at all. Um, that is fine. There is no condemnation about that. We are to be wise, okay? We're not asking anyone to do anything that is dangerous for them. So for most people, a 24 hour fast is fine. It's actually good for your body, okay? It actually helps you detox. It's not actually bad for you. Um, but as I say, like engage where you can, but be wise. Um, feel free to speak to me and Mike if you have any questions about it at all or anything like that. Um, Sam's still on leave this next week, okay? Um, and I just want to say as well, if you have a lot of coffee every day, okay, it's probably not the best or wisest idea to suddenly cut that out all day on Friday, the first Friday that we fast from food uh, as well, just because you're just going to get so many headaches. You're not going to be any use at praying. I know, I know I said it's about your heart, your heart's important, but, but like actually, you, it, it affects us, okay? So you might decide that you want to ease back on coffee a bit now and reduce it a bit on the day, that's fine. Um, there have been times where I've fasted where actually I still have just one cup of coffee in the day, uh, one cup of coffee to start the day, um, partly just because otherwise I get a caffeine headache really quickly uh, and it makes me feel quite sick. Uh, and drink lots of water, stay hydrated, okay? That's, that's really important. Just for... I found I used to fast a lot more regularly than I have over the last few years. Um, and this is part of what I'm just sharing. I'm just sharing this because hopefully it gives you a bit of wisdom. Um, so since I became a full-time gardener, uh, I did that for about seven years. I'm not full-time anymore. Uh, my metabolism is really quick. Even if I'm not fasting, if I eat breakfast by about one o'clock, if I've not eaten anything else, I actually start to feel physically sick and quite rough. Um, I tend to eat at around breakfast time in the morning and I'll eat at about 10 o'clock in the morning then I'll eat at about 12 and then I'll probably eat mid-afternoon then I'll eat with the kids at five and then I'll eat again in the evening not like all massive meals but just the way my metabolism is actually that that, that works for me so I'm probably fasting more than more than anyone else <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is it's I would feel really sick and uh, not be used to anyone so if you do a really physical job okay it might not be the best idea to fast or if you've got a physical day on that day, you might want to move it to another day. But just be, just be wise with it, okay? Just be wise. This isn't a legalistic thing. It's an opportunity for us all to join in together uh, where we can uh, just challenge ourselves, humble ourselves before the gods and seek him. Uh, so just a reminder then, next Sunday, we're going to start our, our month of prayer and it's going to be with a focus of church and family and that week we will be fasting on the Saturday. So that'd be the 3rd of April from screen time. And once again, even with screen time, just use your own wisdom with that, okay? If actually you have to work on a Saturday and you need to use your, your, your computer for work, that's fine, that's, that's good, okay? Just, just be wise. Um, but we just really feel God is stirring us and calling us to this, okay? We're not just doing it for the sake of it. We're not just doing it. Oh, the Bible says it. So we are just going to do it, even though we want to do things the Bible says. But we actually feel God is stirring us and leading us in this as a church. Uh, and so I, I'm really excited, actually. I'm, I'm excited to see what God's going to do through it. Um, and actually how actually he's going to be growing us in church as, our, as, as we develop a prayer culture more corporately of what we're doing. And I just want to end with this quote. This is from Jonathan Edwards. It says this. When God is about to do a mighty new thing, he always sets his people praying.
When God is about to do a mighty new thing, he always sets his people praying. Mike, I'll hand back to you now.